0: Jessica Benson is the host of the Jessica Benson Show with C.J. Hurt. Let's a, a mild applause. Let's turn that up. Let's turn up that applause, Brad. Let's give her the full version of it. There we go. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, you know, how do we feel? Uh, she joins us every Tuesday. She joins us now. Hello, friend. How are you doing?
2: Hey, thank you for playing the appropriate theme music. I assume it's on behalf of USC women's basketball having the most exciting freshman phenom in the country on their roster, Juju Watkins. That's right another 35-point game. Juju cold. Watkins' first freshman in 25 seasons with multiple 30-point games in her first three games. That's yes. fun.
0: That's exactly wow. why we played it. That's exactly why we played it. You said, Brad, I play it. J- Juju Watkins is going off. I
2: knew that was it. Juju Watkins and, and Boogie Ellis, you know, just living it up in Los Angeles. Is Caleb Williams like?
0: Is he like beloved there? Like, what's the uh, what's the feeling about him there?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, pretty much.
0: That doesn't well, sound I like, like someone ask.
3: who's beloved. He's that's on the Heisman, of course, he's beloved. Okay, I, but, yeah. but but this season has just been dreadful. Think everybody hates him now because he paints his nails. John keeps pointing the fact the kid paints his nails as if no, that's some and, sort of weakness.
2: I just don't understand. I went on this rant earlier. I've gone on this rant consistently. He's just someone who people love to hate. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just the general super successful kid um, was a part of USC, which a a lot of people have negative connotations. Let's just call it what it is. A lot of people out there hate USC. And so then you get a quarterback who's drawing Patrick Mahomes-like comparisons, and that quarterback is a part of a team that – significantly underperforms to what they were supposed to be or what they were attempting to compete for this season in a trip to the college football playoff. And it's just easy to punk on him from painting his nails to crying to his mom. Two things that I think he just makes him a more interesting person, a human being, and an interesting character to root for within the sport. Um, But he's still great. USC's defense still stinks, and now they have nothing to play for. So I just hope Caleb Williams keeps playing for the rest of the season, and we'll see if that's the route that he goes, or if he takes the protection route and ultimately, you know, preserves his body, doesn't have any risk for injury going into what you would assume to be a trip into the uh, the NFL draft. But he's been such a joy to watch, and even watching that Oregon game over the weekend where, I mean, I think Bo Nix's stat line was two of two for 161 yards and two touchdowns to start the game. And you're just like, what, what are you supposed to do? If number four for USC doesn't want to tackle – how much can Caleb Williams put on his back and he immediately went and led a really impressive touchdown drive um but people are quick to quick to hate i hope that he proves everybody wrong with an illustrious nfl career
3: how about jumping over to uh since usc's dead this year in terms of the season <laughs> how about jump, how about jumping over to america's team the michigan oh. wolverines how do you feel about oh, that
2: we're- here I thought you were going to go with America's team, the Memphis Tigers, who barely avoided losing to Charlotte. Memphis, yes,
0: Memphis ain't Michigan. even Memphis's team, bro. Have you ever? Mm. I mean, I, I mean, mm. y'all, y'all can't even get on the same page. They're Memphis. America's I mean. team,
3: to John. That's for sure. Sitting at eight and two,
0: <laughs> real pretty. <laughs> eight and two is what uh, USC wishes they were eight and two.
2: We, we sure do. We wish we had a chance to compete for a conference championship in the last year of the Pac-12. At least Memphis still can. Put that within the ether of things to achieve See what I'm this season. See what I'm no, saying? Michigan, I mean, it was such a tough week for Michigan. They lost their coach. And I just, I can't believe they still were able to, know. to pull off That's such a big victory against Penn State. My heart is really with all the Michigan Wolverines across the world. And all of them are, you know, just bet, 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 bet on social media. And they looked really good, though. That was my biggest takeaway. Like, this Michigan team is so good. Like, it's such an unfortunate uh, add on storyline. It's a significant storyline. Um, with the sign-stealing shenanigans and whatever punishment outside of this three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh that Michigan could ultimately face. Uh, and it's just too bad because this Michigan team is dominant. And what they were able to do – they didn't throw a single pass in the second half, and they just ran the rock. And they get the win, and Blake Corum's bleeding down his face. And I think they are – I have felt that they are the team of the Big Ten, and it feels as if it's them and Georgia, and then whoever else is going to fill out those other two spots in the college football playoff
3: would you want Harbaugh as your NFL coach?
2: Mm, I'm I'm like Harbaugh agnostic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one way or the other. I know That's... there are some people out there who are just big big Harbaugh fans and I just I think he's a good coach. I think he lives life a little bit on the edge. You cannot tell me that I don't I don't care how many people want to say that he did not know what was going on with Connor Stallions and the sign stealing plan at Michigan. He's the head coach of the team and he's a smart coach. And he's an active coach, and I would assume that that he knew. So there's just a reckless nature to him that I'm not sure. And and we've seen this now, too, where if he goes back to the NFL, can he reclaim the position of being a professional football coach? Because it is such a difference from being a college football coach. We saw that emphatically with the Urban Meyer saga in Jacksonville. And at this point, is Harbaugh too too collegey? to go back and and can that relationship with players go from being the leader of young men to being mm-hmm. the coach of people making millions of dollars and this is a business and this is their job i'm i'm just not sure and do you want the mess that's attached to him right now i'm not sure either so i guess we'll see if, if that's the route that it it comes to and if he does seek nfl pastors to save him from whatever the ncaa and the big 10 ultimately decide on uh, it'll be an interesting thing thing to see, you know, what that next chapter for him could look like. If that's the case,
0: I was told, uh, just you know, as a young lad, the old adage was, "Winning cures everything." That's what I was told. I was told mm-hmm. that winning fixes everything, but nobody told me about the asterisk, which is unless the, a- <laughs> the asterisk is unless in- is in that involves Memphis football. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, so. I, I realize this is a hard question to answer, but why why is Memphis football so divisive despite the fact that they're 8-2? Hmm. hmm. That's a very good question. Because um, to me, it should be one-way traffic into Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium on Saturday. This team has a chance right. to play for a conference championship potentially. This is a huge game. and And that's not really the vibe I'm getting, you know?
2: Right. It's almost as if, and let me be on the record, I don't think this is fair, but it's like that year in 2019 was so good and so glorious that it created the most unrealistic of vibe expectation. Like, I'm not sure, I don't, never say never. Certainly there could be a situation in the future where Memphis is undefeated and has an opportunity to host a game day, but it'll never be the first again. It'll never more than likely be a situation, and funny enough, it was Memphis SMU, the game of that night, that just created this perfect party atmosphere and celebration of Memphis football, and it felt so good. And they won, and they ultimately end up getting to go to the Cotton Bowl, where they lose, and they lose their coach. And Mike Norvell did such a good job, he was hired at Florida State. Um, And it's almost like just chasing that dragon of what that was. It will never feel like that. And there have certainly been some some down points over the last couple of years that I think fairly give fans a a place to say, well, it doesn't it feels far, far away from that. But you are eight and two right now and you're winning games that by all means you lost last season. Like you're not coming back against North Texas and South Florida and Charlotte last year. Those games fall out of out of your hands and you take a tumble. And this year, uh, for whatever reason, they're built a little bit different and they find a way to get the win at the end. And I do think it should be celebrated and Liberty Stadium should be full come Saturday. And yet I don't know if it will be. And that's a travesty because you're right. All they're doing is putting themselves in the position to do what they're supposed to do this year and that is potentially compete for an AAC championship and I know they don't fully control their own destiny in that scenario and so that's a bit of a bummer and you lose the biggest games in Missouri and Tulane and certainly if you're 10-0 you're feeling a lot better but I think mm-hmm. there would still be people who would find something to complain. selling a
4: little or a lot.
0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the Ticket, Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts about it feels like a little bit like when i when i was a student when i was in high school and middle school and all that like i was like really bad at studying i was really bad at at doing my homework i was really bad at you know all those things but 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 when the test rolled around i could i could pass the test and and do really well i could excel i could make a's i could make you know b pluses but i didn't study it's like my mom would always get on my ass about how you no, know, if you just studied, you know, but I'm like, mom, I got an A on the test. Mm-hmm. So why are you worried about whether or not I had studied or not? Y'all sound like my mom right now. Like y'all just need and to, I, y'all just need to take the test and be happy with the test results. You know what I'm saying? Until the test results change, then we can, right. then we can,
2: and, then we that's can talk. What, that's what feels fragile about the the non-studiers is it's like eventually there's going to be a test where if you had just Studied maybe a little bit more or a little better or more efficiently, you would have passed the test. But that's the one where it slips away, and then it's not—you're not making A's. You're grabbing a B minus, which is For still sure. something to celebrate. For it's sure. just not dean's role. It's not honors roll. You're not summa cum laude. You know,
0: a hundred percent. And 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 look, Memphis ain't never gonna be that in this league. I mean, what even if they're the top, it's like what is that? You ain't no valedictorian. You're like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's
3: a spot in the college football playoff, is what it is, dude. Well,
0: yes, and that's, yeah, what, that's it, what it, it is, is, and that's yeah, why it's working. Like, it what, what are we doing here? Not today. Not today no, is not. not
2: today. But that's the point. Moving forward is like it will feel starting next year. It will feel different yeah. because there will be something tangible to that's why it matters. play for. Yeah. That's yeah, by this whole oh, 100.
3: it's okay. That's why that that it's it's ridiculous because there is something. Well, I mean, if they're eight and two every two, year, they're going to have a chance to do that. And and you should be at the head of the AAC. And again, if that's still enough to get you the spot, the best group of five spot, then that should be what you're at. That's why that that can get people excited. Yes. you know what I'm saying. And that's what you should be. Yes. And if you think this year was moving towards that, then that's that's for you to. To make that decision and believe, I'm I'm just not there yet. And it's pretty much that simple. Rather than making it, oh, people are fussing about it. Let's not act like there aren't Missouri fans who came into this year with drink on the hot seat that were hoping he failed. So mm-hmm. they could, what, oh, move well, absolutely. on? Absolutely. Again, there's the micro, which is Text this A&M, season. Same thing. And there is the macro. And where I'm at is the macro right now. That if you end up keeping Ryan Silverfield, which all these hollow winds are leading you to, does that indeed get you to where you and I both agree well, you and, should and, be? And, and, and I, that is the question. And, and I think so, that's so, fair. So, so, so what you're doing, you're, you're sort but, of but misrepresenting what, me as this guy that I can't be anything, happy with say, wins. I didn't say anything about it, you. It's more of a ma- oh, Come on, man. It's more of a macro picture. I mean, Jessica understands what I'm saying. I don't, I, and you seem to now that I've, I've said it. But that this is a bigger picture thing that I'm concerned about. Just like it was with Tubby. I mean, Tubby won 40 games in two years. Some would tell you, oh, he's winning 20 games a year. That's okay. But we realized there was a bigger picture to it. And, again, I'm not saying that this, you know, you're in the same spot as you were with Tubby, that the urgency level is as high. But there is something, again, to aim for when you see that right now the AAC is still thought of as enough that Tulane's got the best group of five spot. Yes. In a couple of years, that's college football playoffs about. That's where Memphis should be, and it's what it should aspire to. Yes. If you think Ryan Silverfield gets you there, then you – then, then keep saying it, and that's fine. That's your decision. I just haven't been convinced of that. Well, I, I hope to be this year. I guess I would ask, and, and, and Jessica's here, at what point does
0: the micro affect the macro? Like, if they're 8-2 and, and maybe they
3: win on Saturday, right? Does that then – because I agree with it, it's you. It's big wins, John. That's it. It's and, and, two lane and, and it's beating SMU. And, and you had an opportunity earlier. You didn't. You have an opportunity Saturday. Again, that's, that's what's going to take are, it you, to the next level.
0: To, you have to be open to that changing. If he wins on Saturday, right? Uh, if he wins yeah, on Saturday,
2: it's hard. So I always get sucked into, and this is just like a, a personal piece because of my history with my dad and the Whack and Boise State. But I always look at, at Boise State as one of those like pinnacle group of five schools, right? And they just fired their coach. Andy Avalos because they went, or at this point in the season, they're five and five. And previously they had the nation's longest current winning or current streak of winning seasons at 25. They had 25 straight winning seasons. And some of those resulted in fun things like a Fiesta Bowl, two Fiesta Bowls, and then some of them are humanitarian bowls. But for what it's worth, they, they constantly had winning seasons. And they had to make a coaching change fairly recently, three years ago, and Right now, five and five isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Memphis isn't five and five, they're eight and two. And so then it just becomes this nature of like, okay, are you kicking the can down the road? Can Ryan, how much belief do you put? And I hate this because I am constantly rooting for Ryan Silverfield. I have been rooting for him since the day he took over for Mike Norvell and seeing how that locker room at the time, which was a bunch of Mike Norvell's players and players who Silverfield had helped recruit, but were so passionate about him getting that opportunity. And so I consistently think like there's something there, Um, but I certainly understand the sentiment of, okay, if not this year, where do you, where do you hinge, the decision, you know, and like, that's a decision. Thankfully that's out of my hands, but I understand the frustration of fans because even though it's eight and two, it just, it feels off. And I, I don't like that. It feels off. It's just how it is with some people out there.
3: What would you think uh Jessica of the we're going back a little bit obviously of Grizzlies got the Lakers tonight but before uh they were able to beat the Clippers obviously and hopefully it is you're putting together a a two game win streak here you had the uh you had the Taylor Jenkins explosion what would you sort of think uh, of the rant and 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 can a rant like that can it can it galvanize a team can it help a team can it motivate a team enough right that it it, it actually plays out on the court and you get a little something extra
4: out of it
2: I liked the rant primarily for two reasons one standing up for jaron jackson jr you show you have your players back cool two there is nothing worse than feeling nothing right like and i it felt as if we Mm. were getting to this point in the season Mm. at one and eight that fans were feeling nothing because you lose enough and no one wants to be like a masochist about it so you just kind of tune out and so By Taylor going on that rant at the end of the game, you felt something. Whether you loved it and it lit a fire under you, as you hoped that it did with the team, or even if you thought it was cheesy or corny or a little too extra. Like, at least you felt something, talking about the Grizzlies losing a second game to the Jazz. And so, from a conversation standpoint, uh, I appreciated it. And then, I'm not going to try to put too much stock in it, being behind the Grizzlies, finally managing to win a close game because a lot of these losses have been close. I think four of the eight have been by six or less points. And so when you watch things starting to unravel against the Clippers, you're like, oh no, here we go again. Norman Powell is going to kill the Grizzlies and Terrence Mann is going to kill the Grizzlies. And oh yeah, Paul George is on this roster. But instead they find their way through. And so much of that is because they built themselves so much equity up in the fourth, in the first quarter in establishing that lead and and what Jacob Gilliard and Bismack Biombo uh, we're able to do, and the fact that you're kind of back to that next man up mentality, which can be an eye roll at this point, um, but that really was the case against the Clippers, and they're rolling with Paul George and Kawhi and Russell Westbrook and Zubots and James Harden, who <laughs>
4: <Man>. <laughs> the
2: vibes are the vibes are worse than the Clippers than they are with the Grizzlies. That was my biggest takeaway from Sunday. Is like. N- there is a team out there that feels worse than the Grizzlies right now, and it is the Clippers, and you can at least take stock in that.
5: No, there's no question about it. Hey, Jessica, appreciate you Thank as you, always. Thanks for coming Thanks,
2: on. Guys.